Okay. Here's the music. Welcome, this is Eurofolk Radio, Voice of Christian Israel, July 24, 2022, and last weekend I was in Chicago and this very band, Wishbone Ash, played this song, <laughs> and of course they did about an hour and a half set, it was wonderful, excellent musicians, uh, very creative, dual lead guitars on virtually every song, it's wonderful to hear. All right, welcome back, this is Voice of Christian Israel. And we have, as our usual co-host, Pastor David Martins of South Africa. How are you today? Good evening, and also good evening to our listeners. All right. uh, yes, very well on this side. Thanks, Pastor. Uh, plenty to be thankful for and uh, many things happening. Yeah, well, well, we'll discuss that uh, today. I tried to put a, a post into the chat room, but it was too long. And uh, it's by Yusuf Abrams, and I'll have to go into our Skype chat to read from it. And uh, give me one second, and uh, it's in the chat area. And so I'll have to scroll to the very top of this message that you posted in, in Skype for me. And I'm almost there. All right, we have Mr. Yusuf Abrams. Any idea who this person is, Yusuf Abrams? And it's, well, it's a letter to the editor, open letter. I request this letter to be published in the best interest of the public of this country and international banking communities of which this matter has relevance. My name is Jeff Kurbanali. Okay, uh, I don't know why it says by Yusuf Abrams. Maybe it's posted by Yusuf Abrams. Anyway, his name is Jeff Corbinali, private forensic investigator. I've been investigating SARB, Sanlam, Absa, Barclays, FNB, I guess that's a bank, for fraud and theft, money laundering since 2009, only since 2009. The biggest fraud, theft, and money laundering ever committed by any country which is in excess of over 2.5 trillion rand. Crimes committed from 1985 to, to date, of which the lifeboat gift to Bank Corp revealed by CX Report, C-I-E-X Report, Britain Company, is part thereof. This crime was masterminded by the undermentioned trio with government bonds which were open-ended, tap base, and bearer type issued in several tr tranches in U.S. denominations with a grand total of 36 billion U.S. dollars. Okay, here's the masterminds. Dr. Gerhardus Petrus Christian de Koch, 
Der Hardest Petrus Christian de Koch, number two, Dr. Christian Stahls, S-T-A-L-S, and three, Baron Jacobus du Plessis. Okay, uh, who are these people besides international bankers? I would imagine they're also Jews. Um, can you um, hear me? Yeah, we hear you fine. Yeah, okay. Pastor Yusuf Abrams, I'm trying to find his profile on Facebook. And um, he, is, he was one of the uh, top role players uh, in the past, well, 25 years. I'm just trying to see uh, whom exactly he was, um, whether he was the one that actually wrote this um, letter uh, about the bankrupting of South Africa to a very large scale. In fact, it might be even be part of the... Um, billions of gold bullion that was exported from South Africa just before the takeover by the ANC government. In other okay. words, at that stage already, uh, the, there was a major uh, conspiracy to take the gold out of South Africa. And in, in fact, that is all the gold that was um, hoarded up from the days of the Boer Republic still existing. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and of course, with all that, all that money, all that, all that gold, having been uh, transported and moved out of South Africa, first of all, to the Swiss banks, and then from the Swiss banks, it was redistributed to uh, some of the banks in America and London. Now, if one considers that over the past 28 years, since the democratizing of South Africa under, under a black government. This country's uh, um, uh, uh, financial system and industry and all the State Department have become lavish uh, uh, positions for the ANC and for right. the cadres. And if you consider that, that uh, I think it was during Tampon uh, Becky's reign as president or Jacob Zuma's reign, the South African president received a substantial greater monthly salary than the president of the United States of America. Oh, oh, oh wow. Now, if you can... Yeah. Well, it's a much more so important country, we, right? What we're seeing is... <laughs> yes. What we're seeing is that that a much smaller country with a much smaller productive and okay. tax-paying component. Right. Um, had a far greater lavish lifestyle than the president of the United States of America. Yeah. And with all the the with all the parastatal organizations, for example, the South African what was initially the railroad system or the railway, South African railways, was renamed on a number of occasions into different entities, which was semi-statal. In, uh, in other words, they were um, cadres of the government that actually received portions in privatization right. in terms of black economic empowerment. Right. Now, where that money came from, uh, is a guess. 
because uh, ever since ever since the democratization of South Africa, South Africa has dilapidated into a um, junkyard of railway equipment having been stolen, even the railway tracks stolen, Pastor. Uh-huh. Uh, railway stations, even even in large cities like Johannesburg, have been carried away piece by piece and have ended up in junk junkyards for the metal value in, in scrap metal value. Yeah. They're probably sent uh, to very China. Expensive equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is most probably where most of it ended up. Um, all or so many electrical cables that controlled the railway lines, not just the railway lines, the mines. There were mines that had to be translate, uh, or transferred to black economic empowerment companies and where those mines have been uh, absolutely stripped of everything that could be traded as junk metal. Right. Very expensive winch equipment, mm-hmm. were winders and pumps and uh, substations and uh, generating equipment that would uphold the mine's um, operation during power failures, etc., have been carried away and sold as scrap metal. Right. Um, so South Africa has become a scrap country. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Well, well, if you remove the metal that once ran the ran the the and and uh, powered the industry, um, that has all been removed. So what remained is the rubble after that had been removed. Sure. And that is one of the reasons why we're ending up with uh, rolling power outs over the past uh, number of months, and. Um, it, it is just incredible. We're talking about even during the night, you would think that with so many of the industries having been collapsed, artificially collapsed, because of this New World Order reset, that is happening in South Africa at a tremendous rate. Uh-huh. And if you consider that all these industries don't operate anymore, um, what has happened is that the um, even the essential services uh, in terms of the power uh, supplying by the electricity supply commission has dilapidated to the point where even at night time there is rolling blackouts right uh, which which only means one thing. This is an orchestrated dilapidation or degradation of South Africa because of it being a country where the Edomites ruled for the past 111, 112 years. Yeah. Well, even and longer than that. The, these Edomites. Yeah. yeah we, well, it was the Edomite take Dutch Afrikaners that hijacked the Boer Republics on the 31st of May 1910 yeah. with a view on... Now, I have mentioned before that Jan Smuts, in his um, uh, his own book that he wrote about uh, governments and state, uh, the way in the which the state should be run, he actually writes there 
for the sake or for the purpose of the new world government. Right. <laughs> and that was there written, you go. That was yeah. written way back in the early 1900s. Yes. Now, if you consider that that is exactly what happened, if you consider, for example, that Jan Smuts had a private meeting with the 20-year-old Nelson Mandela in Grahamstown just prior to the outbreak or the orchestrated outbreak of the Second World War. Uh-huh. Why would he want to speak with a 20-year-old uh, terrorist-to-be? Right. Why would he? Yeah. Unless Nelson Mandela, with his uh, background of a Jewish-German Freemason missionary <laughs> in his ancestry, right, was exactly the same fitting person that Barack Obama would be in America. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> maybe of, of maybe course, in the same family. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of, of course, groomed for the purpose of setting up the basis or the foundations of the New World Order within his lifetime, if one can say that, because that is exactly what happened. Right. right. One of the questions that can be asked is, with Nelson Mandela being responsible for the death of more than 120 individuals, people, by means of public um, explosion of um, mines and landmines in public, like shopping centers just before Christmas, at peak time shopping times, uh, on farms, on roads, etc. Nelson Mandela responsible, directly responsible for more than 120 deaths. Why did he not, when he was found guilty by the court for uh, terroristic activities and for subversion of the state and for high treason, why was he not uh, yeah. sent to the uh, to the gallows? Sent to the gallows. Because at that stage, when he was found guilty, the gallows was the place for the those who committed high treason, let alone for those who mur- uh, right. were uh, guilty of murdering individuals. Now, he, he was uh, actually put in, 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 on Robben Island, where he had a very luxury lifestyle. In fact, he did not spend 27 years in, on Robben Island in incarceration. Right. He spent a lot of that time on in Cape Town, in a luxurious setting. Right. Where he was groomed to become a Freemason, and for that he was even taken to London to become a Freemason. Okay. Yeah, he was also in the Soviet Union studying communism, right? Uh, He was educated in... uh... That's right, but... Go ahead. um, Well, that was before he was actually... Court and and the Ravonia um, treason case. Okay. Uh, while he was still, he, that was while he was still in what we believe to be Zambia or uh, uh, in in Mozambique, uh-huh. orchestrating the attacks on what was then known as the Cape Dutch Africana government and establishment, right. because that was at the time when. And and I have reason to believe that he was in fact groomed for the purpose right. of putting pressure or make the the people the the uh, population of South Africa believe 
that there is no other alternative but to have him uh, uh, released from prison, have him pardoned for his murderous activities in order that he could be iconized and made yeah. um, a saint. <laughs> now, something else, a saint. Now, something yeah. else that I'm saint also, Mandela. Yeah. And, yes. Um, something else that must also be said is that um, just in this past week, apparently, I think it was on Friday or sometime, there was this um, universal 66 minutes of um, the, the, the one minute for the 66 um, that had something to do with Nelson Mandela. Okay. Now, what I, I um, article that also floats around is that Nelson Mandela was actually murdered in 1985 at the age of 66 years, and he was replaced by a Mozambican that was very, in terms of appearance, likened unto Nelson Mandela. Okay. And this was the guy that was relieved, and when he came out of so-calledly in terms of the, uh, for the purpose of the public media or the mass media, when he came out of prison, he walked hand on hand in hand with uh, Madiki Jela Mandela, and soon after that, she divorced him. Why would she divorce a husband to whom she was right. so faithful to, to during the so-called yeah. twenty-seven years of his incarceration? You're not my husband. Who are you? I don't know you. <laughs> Maybe that's why. I, I have reason to believe. I have reason to believe that she realized that this was not Nelson Mandela. This <laughs> right. was a lookalike. In fact, there's, a, there's, there's photographs where Nelson Mandela actually met with his Mozambican lookalike. Ah. And I think there was a lot of coaching of this guy to speak like Nelson Mandela right. for us to believe that it is Nelson Mandela who was released. Yeah. But the reason why, well, he, was, he apparently died at the age of 93 or 94. I can't remember. It's not of any yeah. value to me. But uh, why the 66 minutes of uh, remembrance? Uh-huh. Why? There are just so many unanswered questions because it has no, unless we realize that his number was 4664, something that was the number on his cell door okay. in, in, in Robin Island. But um, at the end of the day, um, I think it was all just a massive masquerade sure. for the purpose of South Africa to be the litmus test uh, play field or trial field, the laboratory where in which the way in which North, um, uh, Barack Obama would be introduced to the American public to make believe that this is the man for the moment. Yes. Yeah. Exactly in the same way as Nelson yeah. Mandela was. Yeah. By the way, the, right, this. right. There's an American black comedian who does a, a an impersonation of Barack Obama that's just uncanny. You know, he he uses makeup to make himself look like Barack Obama. He's uh, duplicated his mannerisms and and speech style down perfectly. And this guy is hilarious. Unfortunately, the replacement for Nelson Mandela was not hilarious. <laughs> he was serious, okay? 
Well, just a question, Pastor. Mm-hmm. I have reason to believe that they they even looking for somebody that can replace Biden, but they cannot find anybody as clumsy and stupid as he is. <laughs> right, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we're hoping he'll he'll fall off his bicycle a few more times and he won't be able to get back up, right? Yeah, everybody's praying for that, even the Democrats. Yeah, yeah it's uh, he's such an embarrassment yeah. to uh, all all of the world, not just America. That, that somebody of this mean character could be a president of any country. Go ahead. Pastor, but what one also realizes in all of this, exactly in the same way as this, uh, Boris Johnson was set up for this moment and this time for the purpose of setting the basis for the establishment and the permeation of the New world order to reach every every nook and cranny or every crook and nanny. No, sorry, every nook and cranny yeah, right. of the present <laughs> system, which which was also set up by the Edomites. The Edomite Jews were the ones that became the uh, um, the the merchants of the Dutch uh, East Indian Company, the Dutch West Indian Company. Also, it was the Edomite Jews that ran the British or the London Tea Company, um, and also the Edomite Jews that ran the, um, that became or that were the Spanish and Portuguese traders. So this whole thing was um, uh, built up by the Edomites over the past 500, 600 years. Yes. And even before that. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the uh, the Jews of Europe drove, you know, with their incessant uh, financing of warfare in Europe, drove the Boer people out of Europe, including some Huguenots and uh, and some Dutch. Uh, most people perceive the uh, Boer people as Dutch, but they're actually German. They just arrived in Dutch ships in South Africa, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? So, um, you know, getting back to what this author says, and this is. Mr. Cornelli, uh, he, he goes by the name Cornelli as well. So I'll assume that that's the original author. So he names the bankers that are involved in this charade, and he says the main beneficiaries of this crime are the Rupert family. I assume it's uh, probably the yes. same as the uh, uh, Ruperts who own uh, Fox Fox uh, Communications in America? No, 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 not most probably from the same. Most probably from the same uh, historical background. Okay, but the Ruperts were also uh, part and parcel of the Dutch East Indian Company that ah. established in Cape Town or what is current wow. day Cape Town, uh-huh. and they are of the richest people in the in the world. In fact, um, the Rupert daughter. Um, married a Rothschild. Does that yeah. answer? Yeah. Or, um, Incest answer is best, as they like to say. <laughs> right? Okay. And that's Remgro and Associates. Then we have the Oppenheimer family, you know, the big mining conglomerate that robbed uh, South Africa yes. of all its uh, gold and silver and diamonds, right? Anglo-American exactly. and Associates. Okay. And then there's UBS, Bank Corp shareholders. Uh, UBS, what does that stand for? Do you know? 
Which is that post is? UBS. I'm, I'm trying to follow on. Yeah, underneath the open. So that hair. is um, uh, UBS is a bank in um, and uh, I think uh, Switzerland. Oh, okay, all right. They're probably also owned by Jews. And then we have Absa slash Barclays, big British uh, company. Now Absa. Yeah. The ABSA is the acronym for the Amalgamated Banks of South Africa. Ooh, okay. South Africa had a number of building societies and banks that were locally owned. Ah. But um, they were amalgamated uh, under, uh, well, of, of course, under the Bruderbond. Because okay. the Bruderbond ran um, uh, banks like Volkskas Bank and the... Uh, um, Sambo National Bank and uh, also Trust Bank and but, but that was all Cape Dutch Afrikaners which are Edomites in any case and right. of course they amalgamated these banks and these banks were uh, being amalgamated they started stealing people's money you can <laughs> uh, even look okay. at that in a on a website called Noseweek how many billions of rands the ABSA Bank Group had actually paid out in terms of people that had found and taken the bank to court for theft of their money. Uh-huh. Wow. And how incredibly much money was uh, had to be paid out by ABSA Bank again to the people whom they defrauded of right. their money. Right. And so it looks like they've been amalgamated under Barclays, which is a big British bank. So uh, it's because it yeah. says, no, the, what's Barclays got to do with it? Well, Barclays came to South Africa as um, a, uh, well, Barclays Bank, I think, came to South Africa more than 100 years ago as okay. a British bank in South Africa. And to a large degree, they built up a very great empire in South Africa and then all of a sudden, uh, quite a few years ago, the Barclays Bank withdrew, and it, this withdrawal of Barclays Bank was then, uh, the name was changed to the First National Bank. Okay. Which uh, w- well, which is currently operating in South Africa, but also uh, with, with people complaining about their money disappearing, <laughs> etc. So nothing has changed business-wise. Okay, very good. All right, so next we have FNB Bank, executives and shareholders. What does the FNB stand for? That's the first national bank. Oh, oh it's the same thing. Of okay. Course. Yeah, that's the one you just talked about. It's the about. same thing, FNB, first national bank. Okay. And then we have SARB, old executives and that shareholders. Go ahead. The SARB is the South African Reserve Bank, oh. which... Everybody thinks it is a government-owned bank, government-owned organization, which is also the national clearance bank for overseas transactions. But that already was totally privately owned under the previous um, Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaner Bruderbond run country. Yes, yes. Okay, so... so it sounds like a Rothschild company. It's a reserve bank in uh, imitation of our Federal Reserve Bank. Exactly. Okay. You're perfectly right, in which uh, some South Africans, rich South Africans, are merely but 
uh, operators and uh, perhaps minor shareholders, but behind the scenes, the Rothschilds yes. own the bank. Okay, very good. All right, so uh, so we have all of these uh, uh, entities owned by the international Jews and or Freemasons operating in South Africa. So uh, he says that the, the most treasonous people in uh, South Africa uh, obviously being tutored, financed, groomed by the international banksters are Tabo Mbeki, Trevor Manuel, uh-huh. T- Tito. No, M- you know. No, go, well, go ahead. I'll, you, I'll just. You, you know who Tabo Mbeki is? Yes. Yeah, he, he was the Tabo president. Mbeki. Go ahead. He, he was follow a president to um, Nelson Mandela. Okay. Yeah. Trevor, Trevor Manuel was uh, the Minister of Finance under Nelson Mandela. Oh, no. Tito Mbeweni <laughs> was, was the governor of the South African Reserve Bank. Okay. Maria Ramos was the head, the CEO of EBSA, the Amalgamated okay. Bank of South Africa. Alex Irwin was the Minister of Trade and Industry. Pravin Gordon became the Minister of Finance. Mblandla uh-huh. uh, Nini, I don't know whom that was. And then also to B.C. Jonas, I have no idea whom the last two were in okay. that crime. All right. But obviously there was a conspiracy, a major conspiracy, because... Uh, it actually involved quite a number of people from overseas as well, uh-huh. as you will see further on. Yeah, probably the CIA and FBI, right? Yeah. So the last two are obviously black puppets, right? Put up uh, as display, yes. as uh, pretending that black people actually run South Africa, when from behind the scenes it's Freemasons yeah. and Jews. That's what we know about it, all yes. right? Okay, so he says, these crimes are holding our democracy to ransom with the potential of taking the country down to zero. I would have to say almost down to zero now. This was serious crime of money laundering into world stock markets in total violation of the Stock Exchange Securities Commission Act. Penalties for such crime is total suspension from sovereign bond markets in addition. Hello? Yeah. yeah, uh, In addition to heavy fines can be imposed with a maximum of four, hold on, four, okay, yeah, we can hear you, maximum of four times the value of the crime, so they would owe Hello. back, yeah, a $144 billion, Hello, yeah, we can hear you just fine, Hello. yeah, yeah, the problem's on your end, okay, let me type him a message, we can oh, hear you, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you just fine, okay. Can you hear us? Okay, somehow your uh, your earpiece. Hello. Yeah. Here, I'll tell you what. Um, Hello, Pastor. Yeah. You started falling away. Okay. But I can hear you perfectly now again. Very good. Very good. Okay, so I was just listening, uh, listing these crimes and these criminals and what uh, you know what they would owe to the South African people. Should they come to justice, and the author here concludes, it'll be something like 144 billion rand. Uh, uh, I lost the exact spot here. Dollars, 144 billion dollars 
would be owed to the South African people for all of the money laundering and theft that they, has occurred under them. And then he says, what is stated in this letter is factual and none of these institutions or individuals can challenge me. And then he names uh, a bunch of other uh, uh, pe- people. And uh, you know, I'll just go run through a list and name some of the ones that are more familiar to me. Uh, SAPS, uh, SARB, which we talked and OPSA, we already talked about. SCOPA, the Auditor General, FW de Klerk, Mbeki Foundation, Finance Ministry, Treasury, and uh, let's see who else. Uh, secure, uh, FIC, and here we go, Barclays again, PLC, BBA, UK Bank, Securities Commission, Bank of England, U.S. Securities Commission, International Organization of Securities Commission, Bank of International Settlements, which is another Rothschild institution. So he's naming the criminals, and uh, almost all of them are bankers. Well, right. uh, bankers, um, the, in, in fact, the very first one there that you read on that list, uh-huh. the SAPS is the South African Police Services, oh. <laughs> which are in, okay. in cahoots with this. Yeah. Okay. Can, can can you believe? Can you believe the even the Auditor General? Because the Auditor General did not do anything when he was actually shown and proven that there was this atrocity happening. The Auditor General was in cahoots with it, and of course also the F.W. de Klerk's um, uh, foundation, because F.W. de Klerk was the organizer, the orchestrator, the uh, the the. The gold merchandiser of the uh, Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners um, merchandising the Boer Republic's gold. Right. Oh, man. Where the gold came from. Yeah. This reminds me of what happened to uh, America after a civil war when Judah P. Benjamin, who was the dictator of the South, it wasn't Jefferson Davis, it was Judah P. Benjamin, and uh, Judah P. Benjamin yeah. kept the South hanging with promises of money from England, which never materialized. And then whatever gold was left mm. in the South, uh, Judah P. Benjamin loaded up on a ship and brought it back to the Rothschilds after the Civil War. So this is not the first yeah. time the Rothschilds and other Jewish bankers have uh, formed a consolidation to rob nations of their gold. That's still happening today. Very yeah. interesting scenario here. Exactly. Yeah, Okay. And Brown says UBS well, equals I, United Building Supply. Okay, please continue. United Building Society. Society, okay. It's the United Building Society, which um, uh, still existed, and it also became became part and parcel of the uh, EBSA group, as far as I can recall. Right, right, yeah. Now, interestingly, the Bank of International Settlements was actually at work in Nazi Germany. Uh, it was... The, the, actually, put it this way: the very first Rothschild bank to be engaged in a global banking institution, which ultimately became known as the United Nations and the International Monetary Fund mm. and World Bank. Okay, so the Bank of International Settlements was the umbrella bank 
that created that, and they actually had investments in Nazi Germany. Of course, we know the Rothschilds always invest in both sides of every war, and I'm sure they encouraged Hitler behind the scenes, you know, to engage in war too. Go ahead. Even the um, IBM, the International Business Machines of America, which I think had its headquarters in Chicago, right? They also uh, provided a lot of funding to it, Nazi Hitler, right? And um, also, also, probably Bill Gates the manufacturing too. Manufacturing of well, Bill Gates too. I mean, yeah. Bill Gates, funds, <laughs> right? Funds anything that uh, these days. If you look at it, he, he funds anything. Yeah. Even he funds Black Lives Matter. That's he right. Funds, uh, this. Um, th- this other thing, uh, uh, which is also operational in America, which runs right. along with Black Lives Matter, the um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I've forgotten the name. Ant- Antifa, Antifa, right? Antifa, that's yeah. correct. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you have and, a, and, you have a group called a, the ANC. <laughs> that's your version of Antifa. And the EFF. Yeah, right. The, okay. the EFF. Now, now, both of these organizations are. Uh, actually, they are in the same bed with the likes of Rupert, John Rupert. You mentioned yes. him earlier on, the Rupert family. Right. Um, and I have mentioned it before that not so long ago, John Rupert said, if Cyril Ramaphosa does not shape up to John Rupert's commands of, or instructions or his likings, Right. He will actually fire Cyril Ramaphosa. Right. Which proves <laughs> that Cyril Ramaphosa is nearly a, a, yeah. a well, he's an unelected. Would call him a puppet? I would. Yeah, unelected I, I official. I would rather call him a, a oh. muppet. Yeah, right. Like, you know the muppet. L- yeah, right. Like now, Joe Biden. One of those. Is, <laughs> Joe Biden is a muppet too. What? What? One of those resemble a frog. <laughs> I'm not right. sure which one. That's, uh, that's Kermit. Now, Kermit now, the Frog. Ramap- yeah. Cyril Ramaphosa is on record of having saying in the 1960s, he said that when he comes to power, he will actually turn on the heat on the whites like a frog in a saucepan. Right. And... Because of the gradual increase in the heat, the frog didn't even know that he was being <laughs> right. boiled. Yes, and right. He, he will treat whites in exactly the same way. Yeah, and that's so true. Of, right. Very often, yeah. so very often, Cyril Ramaphosa is, um, is, is likened by cartoonists. He's likened unto a frog. Right. <laughs> and that is because of what he said in the 1960s. And that is exactly what he has been doing. <laughs> so, since the the um, Cyril, since Cyril Ramaphosa came to power uh, as as president, now uh, I am of the opinion that he was not elected, but he was selected and positioned in that role, exactly the same way as every other president over the past hundred and twelve years had happened. Right. He was selected like Jan Smuts. Jan Smuts became. Um, the the uh, not the the, the uh, prime minister at the time, but Louis Boita, and Louis Boita was only prime minister for so long when he committed suicide wow. because of the atrocities that he had participated in against his own people. Oh, so wow. he was actually a 
I, I, um, a boar. He was actually a, a boar, a repentant boar. Right? Well, he was a Freemason, and his, and his first uh, loyal, loyalty was to the Freemason free yeah. Jews. Right. There and also he married the daughter of a Freemason Jewish uh, uh, missionary. Oh, geez. And, of course, like I said, on Annie Buta was, during the Second Anglo-Boer War, the Second Cape Dutch Africana orchestrated war against the Boers, she yes. ran a brothel in Pretoria to entertain <laughs> the, the officers and oh. the top structure of the British Empire. It's like Las that, Vegas. Um, Your government is run exactly. by the Jewish mafia of Las Vegas. Okay, what about uh, F.W. de Klerk? Yeah. He's in this list. What, uh, yeah, what did F.W. Uh, de Klerk... F.W. de Klerk... Well, there was... I, a prime minister prior to, uh, or a president, I'm not sure, I can't remember when um, w when the uh, prime minister, I think in 1960 uh, or 1961, uh, we didn't have prime ministers anymore. We had presidents or something like that. I can't remember. Okay. Residents. But, um, <laughs> like we the, have. The, we have a resident the, in the, the White House. <laughs> the, All right. Go the ahead. previous. Uh, prior prior to F.W. de Klerk was P.W. Buta. Now, P.W. Buta was already lured into the establishment of, uh, or the, the uh, setting out of the white government in South Africa, but um, like I've said on numerous occasions, all that happened, the Edomite Cape Dutch Africana white government only stepped into the background, being Freemasons, they orchestrated that the black government also consisted and, and uh, uh, were Freemasons. That was why yeah. Nelson Mandela had, or his, his lookalike, had to become a Freemason. Right. And the presentation <laughs> okay. or the, the initiation into Freemasonry was done in one of, uh, I think, either Westminster Abbey or somewhere over there, uh, Whitehall okay. in, in London. As well as Starboom Becky, now the whole top structure of the ANC at the time, prior to the 1994 elections, had become Freemasons. Wow. But there was okay. one who could not become a Freemason because he was an atheist. And that was, um, uh, let me just get my mind together uh, yeah. as to his name. Well, but, but well you was, think... Yeah, think about that, and I'll read this. Uh, in the best interest of the country as the official complainant with these international institutions, I put the complaint on hold and asked okay. the President, J.G. Zuma, to intervene and resolve this That's matter in an amicable manner that does not sabotage or destroy our economy. Well, that's too much expect, to expect of J.G. Zuma. I can, I can assure you that. Yeah. Have you remembered who that person was, the atheist? Yes, that is Jacob Zuma, that, the guy oh, okay. that couldn't read numbers because he, because he only had grade four. Oh, So okay. when he was, when, when Jacob Zuma, that was the previous president now, he was also not elected, but he was appointed. Okay. And he was followed up. Now, now he was the Biden of South yeah, Africa. Okay. So we now have <laughs> right. Cyril Ramaphosa. Right. 
Um, okay. Zuma was the one who, when he had to read figures, uh, how the ANC had actually accrued additional members. Right. He came up with something, uh, uh, so many million and 11 something. Right, 11 T. Uh, <laughs> right. 11 T. Uh, 460,000 <laughs> and um, 5,000. and yeah. he, he could not even read numbers. Right. Because he only had grade four, grade six. Right. And that he didn't pass either. But he was selected to become the right. president because the follow-up president, the follow-up president was to be now the miracle worker. He was going to correct everything that Jacob Zuma it's incredible. Cyril Ramaphosa, Cyril Ramaphosa is the one that we spoke about, uh, I think, the, on the last or the previous um, um, show, right. that has accumulated millions and millions of rands under his mattress on one of his farms. <laughs> and that, that farm was broken in was broken into by some Mozambican and ended up with a lot of money. Ramaphosa's money. <laughs> right. But this money had not been this money had not been declared for tax purposes. Sure. And also when the, it was stolen, right. it was never reported to the South African police hey. services hey. because of fear of of uh, <laughs> so Cyril so Ramaphosa is nothing other than yeah. What Jacob Zuma was, but he has yeah he, he, he had a little more, more learning than Jacob Zuma. Yeah, he had a little more learning, maybe two or three grades up, right? But this is uh, this is sounding like uh, the government of South Africa is uh, the the Chicago mob, right? Al Capone and John Dillinger and the rest could learn something from these guys, you know. Uh, the Chicago mob was small time change compared to these guys. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a black African mob. That's all they are. Passed off to the world as what? Statesmen? Yeah, Yeah. well, um, they they were promoted as statesmen by the Africana, what we call the Stellenbosch Mafia. Stellenbosch. Stellenbosch Mafia. Yes, that is where um, the Ruperts live. They live in the vicinity of Stellenbosch. Okay. They refer to as um, of the Stellenbosch Mafia, but there are quite a number of these Cape Dutch Afrikaners with the Edomite roots. Yes. That actually have been. The... Whoa. Oh my. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Radio. <laughs> okay. All right. But the 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 big thing is the big thing is that they they've been selecting. Their puppets or their muppets over the right. past 110, 112 years. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because so it's all a charade. That's right. Yeah, it's political charade. I mean, every country in the world, uh, with possibly the exception of Hungary, <laughs> has a puppet government, right? I mean, they all have puppet governments, uh, yeah. except that any any country that actually re- really resists. The Jew World Order is a, is a country that might have a legitimate government, right? Certainly, Zelensky of uh, Ukraine is a puppet. Ukraine. Yeah, total puppet. Exactly. 
And uh, we reported well, that... He was put, um, Go ahead. I, I don't know whether you know that the, the uh, Japanese... Uh, what do you call him? The... Um, Prime Minister? The, the person controlling... He, he was murdered because oh, right. he refused to have his people inoculated or vaccinated. Right, yeah, so I he heard was about murdered that. To get yes. him out of the way and to replace him with with yeah. somebody that, of, of course, is uh, acceptable to the yeah. Jew yeah. world order. Yeah, Jew-friendly Jap. <laughs> That's what they have, right? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, the, the author continues, uh, speaking of Ramaphosa, President Ramaphosa is going nowhere till this matter is resolved. Well, uh, you know, uh, he can be replaced at any time. You know, I mean, it's obvious that there is no transparency, has never been any transparency in the South African government under the ANC. And it's uh, precious little even before because these were all Freemasons. All these political parties have been run yeah. by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. And it's just more of the same except with a black face. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly, Pastor. There is, um, it, 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 the only thing that changes, because they are so hell-bent on achieving their purpose and their aim and their agenda, yeah. that they don't care whom they take out, right. whom they remove, whom they kill, whom they murder. It's... And they've been doing this. Since the days of Esau and Jacob, Amen. When Esau yeah. could not kill Jacob, they, he, his descendants did what they, uh, they ancestor, they, uh, um, uh, what do you call him? Uh, they, the, um, yeah, progenitor. Uh, well, that which Esau could not do. Right, right. Progenitor. That yeah. which his, their progenitor could not achieve. Yes, They've yes. been doing all along. Yes. Okay, well, and that... Conspiracies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jewish conspiracy? There's no Jewish conspiracies. What's the matter with you? <laughs> right? This is, <laughs> the world is so crazy. Absolutely crazy. But uh, since you mentioned Jacob and Esau... I have to remind everybody that this Thursday I'm going to be on Caravan to Midnight with J John B. Wells, and the subject is going to be Jacob and Esau. We uh, we ended with the, ver the, the verse that says, and Esau despised his birthright. And we're going to pick up the discussion from there. And the best way to listen in is dlive.tv slash John B. Wells. Or you can tune into YouTube and uh, type in Caravan to Midnight and uh, you'll hear the broadcast on YouTube. Okay. So, and mm, Pastor Martins, and Pastor Martins, uh, I know that John's wife is, in fact, a South African lady and uh, she knows of you, but you two have never met. And I'll put in a good word for you Correct. because, uh, because, uh, America, the American people need to know exactly how the Boer people have been persecuted by the you know the banking class, by the Freemasons, and by the international Jew. The American people need to know that, and you're the one who, who can tell the story best, right? So I'll see if I can arrange for you to uh, appear uh, with J.B. Wells on Caravan at Midnight. I'll give it. I'll give it my shot. You know, okay. So excellent. Thank yeah. You yeah. And so so anyway, we ha let's see. We have six minutes left. 
Okay, so he says, we have been on junk status since the political takeover, whereby we inherited a bankrupt country from the apartheid regime, and they further imposed a huge liability on us all by their looting. So, I mean, so South Africa has been in a state of bankruptcy since even before the Mandela regime. What's keeping the country going? It has to to be foreign funds. Outside funding has to be keeping the country going. Funny money, you're right about funny money, Pastor, because it seems as if the money available to the ANC cadres is just not ending because everything else runs dry of money. Municipalities, state, uh, semi-state, parastatal organizations that was instituted for the purpose of maintaining stability within the country and to maintain an order in which the industry and the financial markets and everything could be stable. Those have been the targets of this uh, latest, uh, no, of the over the past more than 28 years, I would say perhaps the past 35, 40 years, right. have been the target, first of all, to make sure that no town or city will be able to generate their own electricity, uh-huh. take down at the number of power generating um, stations, uh, uh, yeah. power stations within the confines of, of Cape Town. Okay. And that had to be dismantled and oh. the power generation had, was okay. transferred over to the Electricity Supply Commission, which, of course, we know is a parastatal. Yeah, right. Had, uh, or that, that was paid for by the taxpayers and, of course, by those who use the power. But yeah. ESCOM is controlled by the government of the day. And even before... <laughs> government de jure, right. Yeah. Even before the uh, the handover to the black government, yes, and there was so-called democracy. South Africa was providing free energy to a country like Mozambique, free of charge. Yeah, the South African taxpayers and the consumers of electricity paid for the energy, right, uh, that was supplied to to Mozambique. Right. Because Mozambique had a dam that was paid for by the South African public. Uh-huh. And this dam was built, it was the it was named the Kabora Bassa Dam. And that that dam generates electricity that is um carried on, on um specific pylons all the way to a place in between Johannesburg and Pretoria, Irene, okay. where it enters the national grid as uh, uh, transformed from a DC current to an AC current. Okay. And that particular and that particular line was also the objective of the communistic uh, um, right. uh, saboteurs, saboteurs sabotaging those lines and South Africa's public was milking uh, was being milked for the purpose of ensuring that that line remains operational, right. which it never was in numbers of years. Okay. In terms of numbers <laughs> of years, it wasn't operational. Right. But South Africa was in exchange supplying free energy to right. um, Mozambique in exchange for a for a massive dam 
that actually served no purpose other than controlling floods. That right. was all that it was used for. <laughs> okay. But it, also be, it, also became an, it also became an excuse for the milking teat right. of the South African public to be milked Right. And money going to cadres and right. to Africana organizations who were supposed to yes. protect the lines. Well, the co- so much can be said about this, but I see right. Yeah, the corruption, the level of corruption in, in the ANC and the you know the international bankers and the Cape Dutch Afrikaners just knows no limits. Absolutely knows no, no. limits, and of course, since they control mass media. Nobody would even know about it except for those here listening to Eurofolk Radio, right? They wouldn't even know about it. Yeah. Right. And, and so this letter, I mean, yeah. has this letter been given wide publicity? Do any South Africans even know about this? Uh, Pastor, yes, it's been given very wide publicity, and that was also why I in particular shared it to you so that this information can also be heard by the, by the world. Yeah, amen. Uh, amen. Okay, but because we need to be made know or to be be enlightened into the manner, the way in which this has been orchestrated over the past perhaps thirty three, thirty four years. Yes, not just under the ANC, but under the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. With the now, if if we can at some stage also go back and look at what happened to the bank, this Edomite. Bank in Venice, the city of Venice in northern Italy. Right. In eleven, I think eleven seventy eight. Okay. Where the bank was was formed, and where the people were not just invited; they were forced to some extent to invest their money into this bank, and that was then bankrupted. And the the, the only ones that gained by that bankruptcy of that bank yeah, were the owners, Edomites. That's, that's right. The the black nobility, as George Washington referred to them. All right, Pastor. Great, uh, great information here, and uh, it, maybe we'll pick up a little bit of this next week. Uh, but I think we'd like to get back to the story of Cedar van Rensburg's prophecies, especially as yeah. Germany is supposed to arise again and assist the mm-hmm. Boer people in these end times. So we'll. T- talk more about that but uh we'll we'll finish this uh brief article next week all right okay thank you pastor all right everybody praise yahweh pass ammunition thank you and we'll see you next week praise yahweh yes bye-bye hallelujah Hallelujah. thank you bye-bye